Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Today, I want to talk about recovery and how important it is for you to take your time as you're recovering from whatever traumatic experience you've been through. A lot of times we feel like as soon as we fall off the horse, we got to get right back up there and out in the world and conquering things and checking off boxes. And we have to let the people know that we're not weak and we can take it and we can soldier on. You know, I played college football, high school football, and, and you know, sometimes I would get hurt and the coach would be like, are you hurt or are you injured? And I'd be like, I'm hurt, coach, because I knew if I said I was injured, um, they would take me out the game. So I was always just like, I'm hurt. He was like, all right, take a playoff. And then he, he put me back in. And sometimes I, I really needed to sit out the whole game. But I, I didn't want to lose. I felt like somebody else would take my spot or the coach uh, would look down on me, think I, my, I wasn't committed or my heart wasn't in the game. And so I just always pushed myself to do another rep, to um, you know, do another practice, show up early, stay late, when there were times where I would have benefited from recovering, taking time to kind of reset, readjust, and recuperate. And when we talk about recovery, we're not just talking about physical recovery, like healing from injuries or illnesses and that kind of thing. Right now, I'm just battling um, getting over the flu, so I'm recovering from the flu, right? I still have a little phlegm, and there's a part of me that wants to push myself to be like, you're fine, it's been long enough, but I'm still phlegmy, it's still coming up from the chest, and the last thing that I want to do is push myself out there too soon um, and then make this this thing that is healing, in the process of healing, and then all of a sudden it reverses and I'll have pneumonia or the flu again or, or some other type of respiratory infection. So there's physical recovery. There's mental health recovery, which is um, I'm going to share a story with you a little later on about mental health re- recovery. You know, um, and then there's addiction recovery. For those of you who, you know, maybe checked yourself into rehab, um, you know, overcoming substance abuse and behavioral dependencies, that requires time to recover, you know, especially because if we know anything about um, recovering, it takes about five to seven days just to get through the withdrawal symptoms. And, and that's just to get through the worst part of it. It, it t- really takes about two weeks to kind of get it out your system. And then if you really want to be on top of it, we're looking at 30 days to then reacclimate yourself with these new sober eyes, right? So we need time from addiction recovery, emotional recovery. Sometimes, you know, we, like uh, I think about finals week, so stressful if you're a student where you're, you're up late, you're studying every night, you're reading everything, you're drinking all the stimulants to try to stay up and work hard and and burn the midnight oil 
And so from that experience, you may need time for emotional recovery. If you're an introvert and, you know, you spent a lot of time around a lot of people during the holidays, you may require emotional recovery. And then there's financial recovery. You know, maybe you lost your house or your business. Um, You're in debt. You got the, the, the credit card collectors calling you. They, they repoed your your uh, your car. They're coming for your house. They're putting a lien on your house. So financial recovery. And it doesn't have to be that big. It could be $5, right? There have been times I remember when I just had like $5 in my pocket and how valuable that $5 was. Like it, I had to make it stretch for the next two days. So financial recovery, you're just getting back on your feet. You just got some money in the bank. You have a job now. And, and so now you have to navigate the world and, and, and figure out how do I save money? Then we have relationship recovery, right? Where I have a friend, uh, my boy, I was about to say his name, but he just went through a divorce. I had no idea. I just... I saw him last night at the comedy club. I looked at his finger, no ring. I was like, yo, what's, he's like, yeah, man, uh, we, we uh, filed for divorce six months ago. And we live in California. California has a six-month cooling-off period. So if you walk in and say, I want a divorce today, California won't let you finalize it until six months from now. Some states have 30 days or three months, but uh, California, six months, long time. So I think the, the ink dries today or tomorrow. Like he, he's at that, um, it's been that long ago since I've seen him or, or checked in on him. So, and he said it was amicable. So that's beautiful. But still, that's, that's someone he spent his, the last, I think they've been married for 15 years or together for 15 like that's going to be to go out in the world, start dating again, to share your story, open up and be vulnerable about who you are. And then also, you know, the, the time spent just replaying the relationship, replaying the marriage, ruminating over, you know, what was said and what was done. Like it, it takes some time to rec- And the longer you are with someone, and the, the more meshed you two were, you know, uh, just physically, financially, emo- emotionally, the families, friends, all those things, that can really add to how long it takes to recover um, when we're looking at relationships, right? Or even work relationships. You, you quit a job, you move on, and now you have lost those friends that you've had. So it could be relationship. Uh, recovery in terms of you relocated somewhere and those friendships uh, just really aren't there anymore. So when we talk about recovery, there's so many different layers to what recovery means and what it looks like. Um, and, and, And so, but this came up because there's a new book called, what is it called? The Best Minds by Jonathan Rosen. The story is incredible. It's, he wrote this book about his friend who, smart, very intellectual, got accepted into Yale, went to Yale, 
and then had some psychotic episodes, meaning started hearing voices, seeing things, um, schizophrenia. Drops out of Yale school, but he's so brilliant, so smart. Yale loves his brain. That uh, when he drops out of Yale, uh, out of out of Yale, he puts himself into a treatment facility. As soon as he gets out, that the professors and the people at Yale like come back in, and but the doctors at the treatment and the rehab facility are like, "You need to slow down." School is too much for you right now. It can cause another break. But the the school is like, no, come back in. You're ready. You can do this. You're the, the brightest mind. And, and one of the things that um, uh, Jonathan Rosen said was that um, he was so brilliant that other people wouldn't allow him to not be brilliant. That, that really connected with me because, you know, you have these um, athletes or these teenagers who are, you know, they're 6'11", they're tall, they're big, and because of their size, the world does not allow them to be anything else but an athlete. Even if they have a, a MIT brain or a Harvard brain, they're like, you're going to play sports. The coach will pull on you. The coach will call your parents. Um, the, the community will encourage you to play for the team. Everyone, and they'll be mad if you don't. They're like, look at how big you are. Don't They'll tell you, don't waste your size. And it's like, yeah, I have this gift, but it doesn't mean that I, I, sh- I need to use it. You know, I have other gifts. I have other interests. This is something that was given to me, but the thing I actually want to to build and cultivate um, uh, is something that is not as natural, you know, whatever that could be. So anyway, coming back to this book, he goes to Yale. He goes back to Yale, has a girlfriend, and the pressure is too much for him, causes another break. And then he ends up, and this is graphic, so you might want to skip this part or whatever, but he ends up killing his girlfriend in a psychotic episode. He was pushed to do too much too quickly and was not allowed to recover. The doctors actually recommended that he get a job at Macy's or something that was kind of mundane, low stress, low cognitive load, just a everyday simple job to allow him to recover. And yet he was pushed to do too much, too fast, and then he ends up killing his girlfriend. And I think ultimately he may have end, ended his life, I believe. For those of you who are recovering from something and you feel pushed by friends, family, coworkers, the system, society, speak up for yourself. 
know that not everyone heals at the same rate. There's a quote that says, recovery is not a race. You don't have to feel guilty if it takes you longer than you thought it would, end quote. And so we have to discover ways to stand up for ourselves, ways to let others know that I need time. And if they can't accept it, that's that's on them. And I know it's easier uh, said than done, but I really want to empower you to advocate for yourself. Because what happens if we move forward too fast? Huh? What happens if we move forward too fast? We, we then miss out on the opportunity to resolve our trauma. Rushing forward, it could really hinder how we process our emotions related to the traumatic event. And that can lead to more unresolved issues. It could also cause us to suppress our emotional experience, right? Because what we're feeling can be so intense that we don't quite have words for it. We don't, we don't, we, it's hard for us to describe how our chest feels or what's happening in our fingers or the hallucinations or the dreams that we're having. That can be challenging. You know, I just um, started taking Lamisil for my, I have a foot fungus, and I'm now experiencing some very lucid dreams. And I find that when I look it up, it's common for people who are taking Lamisil to have lucid dreams. And so it's becoming more of a challenge for me to describe them because the dreams are so ethereal, so... Um, uh, fluid. I mean, even now I have a hard time. So it could take me some time to process these new type of dreams that I'm having in a way that makes sense to me and the person that I'm sharing it with. So if we don't have that time, then we just end up suppressing what's going on because we don't want to sound crazy, right? We don't, we don't want to say anything that can cause more harm. We don't want to yell or snap or come off as uh, overly emotional or unstable. Uh, it, could, it could impact our job, our relationship, our friendships. So we end up suppressing our internal experience, which then causes an increase in stress, right? If I'm, if I'm stuffing down what I feel and I'm failing to address the trauma adequately, then that can contribute to higher levels of anxiety and stress in the long run because now I'm, I'm afraid to truly show up as my full self and say my thoughts and display my behaviors. It's, it can be all too much. And then there's this worry of, you know, am I, am I going to have another episode? Am I going to be triggered? Um, if you have a physical injury, am I going to re-injure it? Right. And then, that leads to an impact on relationships, right? The unresolved trauma can affect our relationships as emotional struggles surface unexpectedly, right? In the middle of the night, at lunch, you're going for a walk, you're on a drive. And then that constrain the connections that you have with your significant other. 
So we have to take time to recover, to get back to stability, to neutrality, um, so that we're not um, ignoring the need for healing, right? Which can then lead to more emotional challenges and potentially impact our quality of life or cause us to end someone else's life or end our own because we move forward too fast, too quickly before we were ready. You are worth it. We are worth it. We are worth the time it takes to recover, to get back to 100. Everybody's process won't be the same. So, you know, the major takeaway from this is honor your body's needs, what your mind needs, what your soul needs. Slow things down if you have to. I think about Amy Winehouse. You know, the doctor said I should go to rehab. She she didn't go to rehab. And I, maybe she did, but definitely wasn't there as long as what was recommended. Um, she moved too forward too fast because the machine wanted her to. The machine was like, we need you to go on, con- uh, you know, to put on these concerts and put out a new album and perform, perform, perform. So she never had a chance to recover from her drug and alcohol addiction. And we see what that led to. Um, I haven't read Matthew Perry's book, but I would imagine something similar in that vein where the, the shooting schedule of the show, the press that had to be done, all those things compound. And you feel like you don't have space to connect with yourself, to really decompress and, and nurture yourself back to health. I hope that after this episode, you find a way to nurture yourself back to health, to stability, to feeling safe in your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you found any value in this, spend seven seconds and share it with one other person so that you too can have a conversation about recovery and the types of recovery that you're going through and asking them how they're recovering. A lot of times we think that the people in our lives have recovered from past incidences and they still might have reoccurring uh, traumas or triggers coming up. They still might have things that they're, they're coping with to this very day from their childhood. So uh, please share, continue to converse, communicate, and I hope that you find someone that you feel safe enough to have a conversation with. And uh, I hope you have someone who you feel supports you and can advocate for your healthy uh, recovery at your own pace. Thank you for tuning in. Remember, this podcast is not a substitute for you calling the 988 or any of the other 800 numbers. You can chat, talk, text. You can go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with yours truly. Let's get to tomorrow together.